0: I have a secret. Did you know that shitty marketing can make you sick? Well, not really, or it can. But wholesome, connected human marketing can absolutely invigorate your business, relationships with your customers, and ultimately your own happiness and fulfillment in life. Frankly, human marketing should just be called marketing, but so few marketers actually give a shit about the person on the other side which means you listening to this episode have a massive opportunity to go one step deeper and optimize your marketing to develop and fortify relationships with your customers and potential customers. Why? So you can drastically stand out from your competition and in the world in general because out your competition will always win and relationships will always beat algorithms. So today on today's episode on today, as I said today four times, I sit down with somebody who exemplifies exactly what it means to be a heart-centered marketer who puts relationships before algorithms. Our guest, my friend Jurgen, is here today to share his multi-decade experience as a leader and business owner, and he's going to tell us how to put the human back into marketing. This episode is pure gold, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts at the end. So let's get into the episode. All right, everybody. Welcome
1: back to another episode of The Mind of George Show. And I Couldn't be more excited about today's show uh, because the man that you are about to listen to teaches people to put the heart back in marketing. And I knew it from the day that we met that we would be BFFs for life, even though he's on the other side of the world, like a 13-hour flight. We'll make it happen at some point, though. But I am super stoked to be joined by my friend Juergen, who literally has been doing what I'm doing probably longer than me, and in most cases that I find better than me, and I'm going to give him credit where it's due because I go read his emails, watch his content, listen to his podcast, and I am super excited to have him, so you're going to welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, George, and it's a real privilege to be here, and I have to say that when I discovered you and I got you on my show, I was like, wow, this guy understands my language and and I've been so inspired by what you've done since then. I've been in your programs and, you know, taken on board a lot of what you teach and that's just elevated what I do to another level.
1: Yeah, man. I I, I don't I haven't started a podcast with a compliment fest yet, but I, I do remember specifically, and I'm gonna give everybody a nugget here. Uh, I remember when I was like I get introduced to you, I found you Uh, looked you up and then I went to your website and I opted in and I just remember being like, I need to step my customer journey email game up in my own world. Like I remember seeing the wheel and the way that you broke things down, the way that you taught things. Like I literally felt uh like I was being chauffeured with like a black glove service or white glove service like through your world and it was like the most warming, touching. And quite frankly, it was probably one of the best experiences I've had as a consumer without knowing the person. Cause everybody asks me all the time, like what emails do you recommend? Like who has the best examples? Like who does it the best? And I'm like, you know, it's kind of hard to find some that like do it the best, but the way that you do it at in a uh, I always say this wrong, Innova Nova Buzz, right? I get it?
2: Yeah, Nova Biz is the a Nova
1: Biz. Okay. A Nova Biz at Anova Biz was just like really beautiful. Like I I remember I sent it to my team. I'm like, hey, I'm super stoked to go on his show. I was like, we gotta step our game up. You gotta get me to write emails again. I was like, because I gotta step this up now. And then it was it was actually like a really fun talking point. So uh, for everybody listening, I'm gonna let you know where to find Jurgen in a couple minutes, but make sure you go check it out. He has an awesome podcast on a website. And so as you know, because you listen to the show, I wanna get right into it what is the biggest mistake that you have ever made in business? And what did you learn?
2: The biggest, <laughs> that's a difficult question. I've made lots of them. Um, <laughs> I think probably, I mean, if I step it up and, and say, what's the common theme of all the um, mistakes I've made, it's kind of like not knowing when to trust my gut and then trusting my gut at the wrong time. Mm. And, you know, it comes back to doubting myself, doubting the decisions um and sometimes you know there's opportunities come up and I step back from them and say oh you know I'm not good enough for that um, or why would they listen to me or why would they want to work with me and other times it's it's something where I make a really <clears throat> a really quick decision and don't do enough analysis and and it's it turns out to be the wrong decision so it's mm. really not trusting my instincts and then not knowing when when do I grab an opportunity or when do I analyze it further? So I'd, I'd say I would summarize several big mistakes in <laughs> in that vein. I
1: think, I think it's an important topic to unpack though, because, um, you know, like when you say that, I'm like, oh, me too, right? And I'm sure there's thousands <laughs> yeah. of hands like me too, me too, me too. And I think it's a really, you know, one of the things that I love about, you know, like when we connect or just talking about entrepreneurship in general is the fact that, no matter where you are on the spectrum of like success, business, what industry you're in, how far along you are, in, like these things come. These thoughts, these fears, these mm. insecurities, and and the reason I, I say that is because I don't think they're mistakes. They're always lessons. They're growth points. And so when you think about that now, you were able, you've been able a few times to look at like up, oh, I rushed that and I was reactive, or oh, look, I almost robbed myself of an opportunity. But do you have anything that you do now, like when something comes, like you're like, oh, there's this big opportunity that like you bake it in or you support yourself through it or you get to this big decision point and you're like, oh, breath, I need to pause. Let me look at this. Hmm. So what do you do now, now that you're aware of it, right? What do you do now to kind of mitigate that or keep yourself in the direction, knowing that a lot of the times you're still probably like, I I don't know, I don't want to speak for you, but for me, like... Someone's like, "Oh, you're going on that podcast?" I'm like, "Me? You want me on that podcast? Why would you want me on that podcast?" Like, they're so, and they're like, "Shut up!" Right? And I'm like, "Okay, fine, yeah. I'll go." Right? But how do you how do you navigate those waters now, like moving forward to allow yourself to grow through that and also be aware of that pattern?
2: Mm, yeah, it's a great question and long discussion. I've, I've done a lot of work with um, my business coach who teaches NLP, and mm-hmm. I've done you know I've done all levels of NLP. I'm pretty close to getting my. Trainer's qualification, and I want to use that in in my own training work. But with the NLP, there's a lot of work you do on yourself. And you know, one of the core um, beliefs in NLP, one of the core presuppositions is that um, you know you're either at cause or you're at effect. So the you you know at cause is that I can take control of the things I control. Um, at effect is I make excuses. Um, so it's everybody else's fault. So this happened. It's somebody else's fault. I look for somebody to blame. So I very much, you know, whenever I get into a oh woe is me or um, why did that happen to me, that that was unnecessary or that's so unfair, whenever I get into that, so I catch myself and I say, no, hang on. Um, Did I contribute to that happening? And if I did, how can I correct it? And if I didn't contribute to it happening, what can I do? to make the best of this situation. So that's usually the first one. Now there's a lot of self-awareness involved in that. And the self-awareness part also then plays into, you know, if there's, if I'm having a conversation in my head and I have lots of conversations (laughs) in my head, uh, then I kind of reflect on that. And I do, you know, do the pause, have a breath. Okay. Why am I, why am I thinking that? Why am I thinking I'm not good enough to go on here? Mm. And, and, and often, you know, like you said, a lot of people feel that way. So that that's one thing that sometimes I tell myself in that situation. They've had, I don't know, how many hundreds of guests on this podcast, and probably every one of them jumped on it and was nervous at the beginning and said, "I'm not sure I'm good enough for this." So I'm no different from anybody else in that respect. So let me get on there and give the best value I can give.
1: Yeah, I uh, there's a lot to unpack in that one, but it reminds me of something I was I was journaling earlier. And I was in like a pretty reflective state because, you know, at three 30 in the morning, when I get up to go to the gym, nobody else in the world is awake. Right. Like even my buddy who owns the gym, he's like, all right, listen, here's a key. Here's the alarm code. Do not text me to disarm the alarm again. I can't believe you're at the gym this early, but I was like sitting there reflecting and I've been thinking a lot about this lately. And it was, uh, I wrote down, I was like, I am who I am, not who I think I am. And, I wrote it like five times because it was like it wasn't even registering, right? Because like there's who we are, like you talked about, right? Like Mm. you attracted that interview. You attracted that opportunity. You created it. And then the moment it comes to fruition, it's like, wait, wait, wait. Do I deserve it? And like that's the thinking of it. Like who you are is what brought it on. Who you think you are, or at least for me, is what like start to doubt it. And so like I've been reminding myself lately, like I am who I am, not who I think I am. And Mm. it's been really powerful for me. And and I don't know about you, but there's a lot of times. And so for everybody listening, um, Scott Carney just wrote a new book called The Wedge. It's one of my favorite things. The reason I do cold therapy is to train my nervous system. So when I get hit with like a fear or an insecurity, I don't immediately like react like, oh, my God, burn the ships. uh." I can kind of pause. Um, but he calls the wedge, and it's the, what Jurgen was talking about, is that pause period of like, oh, noticing, like awareness, right? The name of the mm-hmm. game is getting to awareness so you can have the opportunity to win the game because, you know, reactions don't ever work. And most of the time, you know, it's this. I, I think it was Jim Quick who said uh, – Jim Quicker, a study that I read, I think it's 82% of all memory is made up, right? It's an illusion that's like stitched Mm -hmm. together with neural pathways. Mm -hmm. And so most of the time, I've just learned to not even believe it anymore. And so I don't know about you, but there's times where I'm like, hey, shut up like just go, right? Like just, just get into action and go. So I absolutely love that you're gonna. And before we get any deeper into this, cause I'm about to unpack something else. Um, I don't like making people wait till the end to find out how awesome you are and where to find you. And since you study NLP, let's seed it now. And we'll seed it like 16 times by the time that you're done. And I'll explain to everybody why we're doing that. But, <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> um, for anybody that wants to find out more about you, where's the best place to find you?
2: So the best place is um, go and check out my podcast and that's InnovaBuzz.com. So it's confusing because InnovaBuzz is the business, but InnovaBuzz, i n n o v a b u z z. So I wasn't crazy.
1: I wasn't crazy. I did. Okay. Got
2: it. So it's
1: I-N-N-O-V-A-B-U-Z-Z.com.
2: That's correct. Got it. Okay,
1: cool. So I thought I was losing my, I was like, I thought I knew the name. I thought I knew mm. it. I mean, you you planted a seed of doubt, Juergen. I created my own dissonance, <laughs> and now you get to change my mind. And
2: so- That's a zigonic effect. Yes,
1: right? that's a Zygarnik effect. I opened so, the loop. <laughs> yeah. So for everybody wondering what Juergen was talking about, just in case you're not familiar with NLP, I don't talk about it, but NLP stands for neuro-linguistic programming. And basically, you can program- you, your thoughts become your beliefs, which become your actions, right? So we can program ourselves. We can utilize it to shift people, change people. A good example is the book, The Catalyst by Jonah Berger that I tell all of you to read, except he's not sharing all the tactics and strategies. He's just talking about the book. So so Jürgen, when you now think about this stuff, so biggest mistake, lesson learned was, okay, cool, probably most of that is bullshit and I don't have to believe it. <laughs> and I deserve <laughs> to be here and I do it. But now is there something from that that you took forward that you practice, right? You interview a lot of people, you are up to a lot of big stuff, you're doing a lot of amazing things in the world of marketing and business, you're launching programs, you're launching courses, like you just seem to always be grounded, steady, ready to go, crystal clear. And are there any things that you've taken in from those lessons, like to practice as a part of your day that like are kind of non negotiables for you that keep you kind of grounded or in the best place you can to move forward as a business leader entrepreneur?
2: Yeah, I guess it's it's just really the way I see myself and and how I'm aware more aware of myself and my thoughts and what I make those mean. So I've always uh, loved reading and learning. I mean, I'm a lifelong learner. I, I I love I've spoken to a number of people recently on on my podcast and they talked about be a learn it all, not a know it all. And I think, oh, I love that. I've <laughs> heard it about three times now, so I've taken it on board. As a mantra, so I, you know, that's always been in my makeup. Um, now I look at those things a lot different. I take things in a lot different. I, um, you know, I internalise a lot more. And one of the things that I think I've changed coming out of NLP, I'm I'm an introvert, and you know, I kind of go inside to get my energy and recharge. And I used to be. Um, that used to manifest itself in that I found it difficult to talk to people. Mm. I found it, um, and and part of that was that imposter syndrome. Uh, And I found it difficult then to actually grow a relationship from an initial introduction. And that's certainly changed now. I've sort of um, learned how to connect with people in a way that starts a really meaningful conversation very quickly. And so then it doesn't matter whether I'm an introvert or whether the other person's an introvert or whether they're an extrovert and I can't stop them talking because I can understand, I can kind of gauge their response to what I say. And and that'll give me a bit of an idea of their beliefs, their, um, you know, what drives them, how they're motivated. And then. I can establish that connection really quickly. And I'm seeing that playing out really well in in our podcast where I've actually banned the word interview, so they're conversations. Yeah. Uh, but the when I get somebody on, and, and nine times out of 10, they're people I've never met before, and yet within about three sentences where... Hitting it off really well. There's a great relationship there, and usually there's a, a really meaningful conversation that ensues.
1: Yeah, I love it. And you know, there's a there's a theme and a tone here, right? So for everybody listening, a couple minutes ago I was talking about how good Jurgen is at customer journeys and the way he does marketing and putting the human back into marketing, and I want to tie this together because I don't want to leave it unturned. But in my opinion. The dead on nailed target of success when it comes to business and marketing and understanding your customers is not focusing on your customers, it's focusing on yourself. It's being mm. deeper in a relationship with yourself, understanding <clears throat> your triggers, your thoughts, your processes. Because at that stage, when you're a constant student of myself, like you're studying NLP, you're going through business coaching, you're getting certified, you're finding these belief systems that you have, these paradigms that you have, these thought processes that you have, these triggers that you have it's just allowing you to better empathize and understand what's happening on the other side of that, which is why I think you're so good. Like just personally at, at marketing is your kind of your commitment to being that lifelong student. And so, you know, for everybody listening, this is, I don't, t- I haven't talked about this on a podcast yet, but you guys have heard me say it. I did that keynote. I was like, nobody has a marketing problem. Everybody has a relationship problem with themselves, yeah, yeah. their team and their <clears> customers. <throat> and and it's one of those things where, you know, most of the success that I've had, like the skyrockets and then the crashes came from doing it for the wrong reasons, avoiding working on myself. And then the ones that have been sustainable and long-term and easy have all come from basically being in alignment with myself, getting deeper and deeper into Mm. that. And so, um, it actually brings me to something I want to talk to you about today, which I feel like from anybody I've met, and I know a lot of people, I don't think I've met anybody that embodies the, the thesis of like reciprocity and giving without anything in return, except you uh, like you're one of the shining examples that I see the way that you interview people, the way that you follow up with people, like the genuine care and nature and everything that you touch, your content, your podcast, your website. So can you talk me through kind of your mind around putting the human back into marketing and like how you see reciprocity and how you see giving value to your customers without expectation in return?
2: Mm. yeah, great question. I, I'll just step back for a moment because I think this is relevant to that question, and that's around you know the NLP. and one of the things that I did and and you know you do this throughout the training is get real clarity on your own values and then look at, you know, do those values serve you? And there's actually methods where you can change values. So if you've got a value, for example, I had a value around money. I had this belief, some limiting beliefs that I had to work really hard to get money. And, you know, you had to work hard to get money um, and it didn't grow on trees. You know, I was brought up with money doesn't grow on trees and you shouldn't be, you know, wasting water or you shouldn't be opening the door when the heating's on because money doesn't grow on trees. That was always reinforced. So, you know, so you have these... Values and if you're not living in alignment with your values, then that's where you start to feel um, bad. You know, yeah. in the extreme case, people actually make themselves sick. Totally. I mean, they they get cancer or they get um, you know heart problems or whatever it might be because the unconscious mind is protecting them from going against their values. So understanding that is really important. So I've done a lot of work there, and that's I often you know if I'm feeling bad or down or um, in conflict, I always step back and look at that and say, you know, is it one of my core needs that's not being met or am I living out of alignment with some of my values? And that that always helps me identify, you know, where where am I going off track? So in terms of the giving and the reciprocity, I mean, it comes back to the core of I'm I sometimes have a fairly short fuse and temper when I'm, for example, go on a website and I want to do something and it's really hard to do. Um, particularly, I mean, I did one recently where I bought some wine for my um, my son who's in San Francisco and I bought him some wine from a winery in Sonoma where last time I was there, we went there, had a, a great day, you know, so there's a whole emotional connection to this winery um, and the wine we tasted there was one super wine that we both enjoyed. So there's a whole emotional connection why I wanted this particular wine, and I went to buy this, and it was so difficult. Now, if there hadn't have been this strong emotional connection, I wouldn't have persevered and went through. But I think I spent about three quarters of an hour just buying these two bottles of wine. And if he's listening to this, it was worth it. Um, <laughs> but just having that experience, I thought, why do they make it so difficult? Here I am. I want to give them some money. Um why are they making it so difficult? And, Whenever I have experiences like that, I actually go off a, off my rocker pretty quickly and I say, damn it, you know, this is annoying and why are they wasting my time? You know, what right have they got to waste my time? So my whole philosophy is, you know, if somebody interacts with you in whatever way it is, make it as easy as possible for them. Take away all the barriers, make it as easy as possible. And then in terms of the giving, so that the traditional kind of lead funnel, if you like, type um, approach to marketing is you give away something that people are interested in, and then you start to build a relationship on top of that because they've given you their email for that. Now, in the early days of my business, you know, I'd do that, and I had a lead magnet that I thought was pretty good, and people would download it. I was getting lots of downloads, but nothing was really happening, and I'd be really disappointed, and I'd tinker around and oh, just not getting me results and at some point and part of this was NLP as well I said well what if I just did the best I could gave them the best I could followed up with a whole lot of value the best I could and just didn't expect anything in return because then I'm not going to be disappointed and I started doing that and what happened was all of a sudden people started to come into the into my customer journeys and said you know can I get more of this or can I buy something here or can I uh, can you help me out with a service and I realized that you know if you don't have the expectations then you're not disappointed but also people sense that people sense that you're only giving them something because you're expecting something in return whereas if they realize that hey you're just there to help them and if they need help in the area of your expertise you're there for them and if they want more help at some point there's a there's a, a threshold that they have to cross, which means paying some money. Mm-hmm. But before that threshold, they've already got a heap of value.
1: I there is so much gold in everything you said. One of the things one of the things I wrote down, shitty marketing will make you sick. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Like shitty marketing will make you <laughs> sick. No. Just don't no. do it. And and by the way, there's a lot of science to this, just understanding your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. But I am not a health food blogger anymore, and I do not run a health company. So I'm going to keep that one out of this episode. And and Juergen, there's a couple really key points that you made. Um, one of them I laugh at now. It's, it's insane to me how many companies entrepreneurs and people I see that literally make it difficult to become a customer. Like they literally Mm. make it difficult. And, This is going to sound really silly to a lot of you listening, but when I go into a company, when I do consulting, one of the first things I do is I sit the entire team down and we go through the entire buying process as a customer. And you will be shocked because nine out of 10 times, none of them have ever been through it. They have no idea that Mm -hmm. Shopify default has nine steps to checkout. Just that's default out of the box. And I was like, that is eight more steps than should be required. And you're just pushing people away. And so, for everybody listening to this, don't ever forget. And this applies to everyone in your business. And I know Juergen's going to thumb this one up. So, I'm going to take this one. You need to test everything from a customer experience perspective. And you need to go through it. And you need to ask yourself can this be easier? Does this make sense? Is this crystal clear? When you give somebody instructions, make sure that you follow them. When you're going to send an email, check your email. Send it to a testing like lock apps. How was it received? How did it look in this browser? How did it look in this browser? You build your website on desktop. You might as well check mobile since 90% mm. of your traffic is going to be on mobile. Like, you have to remember that customer experiences dictate everything. And so you have two things in a customer journey. I actually never talked about this before. Where It's coming out, Jorgen. You bring it out of me. <laughs> you have a container and you have content. We talk a lot about the content of the customer journey, hand walking people, making it easy, but you also have to remember you have a container and that container, how they feel, what the experience is like. There's a whole lot of subconscious actions that your customers take in your container and you want them not to realize they're taking it. You don't want something like, oh, I had to click a button. You just want it to feel natural. And so you have to go through that experience to create a container to where it just seems easy, like you being able to buy two bottles of wine without. It feeling like a pain in the ass. Mm. And then once you feel like it's easy and it's safe and it's predictable, like Apple would be somebody who nails UI or UX, user yep. experience, user interface, right? Once you make sure that the container is there, then you have kind of the wrapping paper or the housing container for the content, which is where like the magic and the rubber meets the road. But there's this concept called broken window syndrome. And I've talked about this publicly before, just never on the podcast, where If you're showing somebody an investment property, like a house, right, and you pull up to the house and the the yard's trash, the house is trash, and all the windows are intact, and you sit there and talk about potential, they're only going to see potential because that's what they see. But when you pull up and then the windows are broken, you know, the front door's missing, and you don't really frame anything, they'll go through that house and they will find every single thing that can't be fixed, And it Mm. all is framed by those touch points, and so I do have to ask you again: What were the two bottles of wine, or what were the type of wine?
2: It was uh, from a company called Mill Creek Vineyard in Sonoma, and it was their 2017 Zinfandel.
1: Mm. Yep, we're see this why we're friends. We're red people. I've actually had (laughs) I've had their wine
2: before. and so what what so you So yeah, when when you if you go there, let them know that their uh, online ordering process needs some work. I'm pretty sure they're going
1: to know sooner than later. I'll send this to them. <laughs> My favorite thing is when I start calling people, I'm like, "We'll just send them the episode." Be like, "Listen, yeah. we want to support you. Just listen." Hmm. And then just call yeah. Jurgen and I and hire us
2: for consulting. Yeah. Having said that, I will give them a shout out. When we went there, we had an awesome experience on the day we actually visited them. It's a fabulous winery. We were out in the garden, they, you know, the, the wine tastings up on the first floor, they brought every single wine that we had on our tasting flight down to us. They said, you know, would you like to try anything else? And we said, Oh, that one was nice is what's the, the earlier vintage of that one. Like they brought that with no extra charge. So the experience when we were there was fantastic but yeah. they and, and need I, to do something with their online.
1: And I think, but I think that right. actually, like there's two things in that, Jürgen. I think you nail this uh, in a lot. And like, we'll see eye to eye on this one is when we think about it, a lot of companies think about customer experience only in the frame of where they see and touch the customer. Restaurants, mm. wineries, grocery stores, things like that without realizing that everything that happens outside of that container dictates how well that experience is in that container right like Mm,
2: that that's right that winery and if yeah if i hadn't had the earlier experience and didn't have that emotional attachment to the wine i would have given up probably five minutes into that experience and said i'll go find another one totally totally
1: and Mm. then and then even so like we talk a lot about social triggers and marketing right They actually made it harder for you to go basically shout off the rooftops how amazing it was because you have to think about, oh, my God, if I recommend this to my friend, I have to let them know, oh, I don't want them to go through a 45-minute checkout, and then Mm. they're going to associate like a pain in the ass with me. And so then you're like, "Uh, you know what? Never mind. I'll let you taste it. And then it's probably like, hey, taste it, but don't buy it online. Wait till you go in person. Yeah. And a lot of people don't think about that. And like, I think it's such an important thing to understand that a customer journey isn't where you want it to happen. A customer journey is wherever it happens and your customers mm. interact with you, which is why you have to think about all of it. Like the amount of restaurants I see, right? They have Yelp and then they have people posting photos, posting everything and they never go respond ever. And I'm like, you do realize like we bake, I don't know about any of you guys listening, but the entire way that we pick restaurants is I give my wife a list of ones that I approve of. She opens Yelp and scrolls through photos and that's it. And whenever mm-hmm. there's a photo that looks good, she's like, that's where we're going. And I'm, like, that's the entire process. I don't care about price. I don't care who the chef is. I don't care what any of that is. And it's shocking to me how many echo chambers there are in companies when it comes to customer journeys, right? And so with with you and that and that winery, I think it's just such a valid point when we talk about customer journeys. Now, before we got into the winery, what we were talking about, um, and I want to unpack this because of your background in NLP and how you see this, we were talking about how, you know, really when you think about reciprocity or adding value to add value – it works on all fronts better because people can feel that like people can feel that. And mm. so when you are like, Hey, I'm giving you this PDF or this seven step guide, people feel like, Oh, here it comes. Right. I'm going to get upsold. I'm going to get boom. I'm going to get one email that I'm not going to hear from them for four days. And then they're going to sell me something, right? Like you can feel it across the board. Yeah. Yeah. And so in your experience now, cause you've been doing this for a while and, and you and I have talked about this in your experience now, have you found that by literally living like value on the front, like, hey, here's where it is. You know where to find me. Here's where it is. You know where to find me. You know how I can help you. Has that had like a maximum positive return on the business and the conversions in the company, but also on like your sanity and the way in which you look at creating content and putting it out there?
2: Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's certainly, I mean, I'm getting in front of people that I never would have dreamed of getting in front of. I still need to deal with the imposter syndrome. You know, why would that person listen to me or work with me? But it's certainly you know expanded my whole horizon of people that I get in front of now and people that actually interact with me and and then talk to me. And also the sanity part, yes, it's definitely helped that as well. Well, like I was I, thinking, yeah, back, I had ahead. a moment of brilliance the other day and I was thinking, thinking back to what I wrote, because i'm um, I'm kind of thinking, how do I incorporate this little uh, mantra into my whole um, whole stack? And it's that marketing is the art and science of creating and sustaining exceptional customer experiences and relationships. That's and I, because so, that that comes back to you know my background as as a scientist, and then the neuro neuroscience as well, that goes into some of the beliefs behind all of that. And I think that actually encapsulates the whole thing because marketing is not just about making a sale or about getting attention and getting people into a, a funnel, which um, you know, the funnel <laughs> funnel concept I think is dated. I did a I did a podcast on my other podcast um, where Russell Brunson with his new new book um, I can't remember the title of his new book Traffic um, Secrets. Yeah, it's the, the next one, yeah. the recent one he just launched. Yeah, um anyway, is it traffic secrets? It's traffic secrets. Yeah. So so I and they were looking for people to promote it. So I said I'll help promote it and I'll do a podcast episode on it. And they gave me a couple of sections, audio sections to use. And so I I used one section which wasn't too bad, but I prefaced the whole thing and I said, traffic as people and uh, Funnels are, are people and traffic is customers, mm-hmm. and you know turned that whole around. So the the whole idea of traffic and funnels is kind of language that I think takes the wrong approach to marketing.
1: Totally, and you know, there's a lot here. One of the one of the things being too what I find personally is that like we're entrepreneurs right you and i both teach marketing mm-hmm. we we have similar beliefs similar values but we have different voices we have different delivery methods mm-hmm. right and what i love about the way in which we do marketing for everybody listening to this when you take that value based you eliminate your thought process of like how can i position this or how do i say this so they opt in or how to like and really you're just turning off your authentic voice or your wisdom and so what i also love is that when you play the reciprocity game it's just a documentation of your voice and delivery, which magnetizes and attracts the right customer because I've played in mm. all these lenses, right? I've played on all the fields and there's been times even my best of friends have gotten me to be like, here's my three secrets. And I'm like, Oh, I'm glad I got 150 people that will never talk to me ever again, ever. Cause like, you know, once that touch points over, there's no alignment, nothing whatsoever. And so what I love about that and, and to kudos and credit because I think it's such an important topic that everybody should understand. You also nailed the fact that when, and by the way, your scientific answer of marketing, I'm going to have to like study that thing so I can repeat it. <laughs> that was, I'm glad that you have that in your brain. That was a lot. Um, when you think about it, what you're really taking into account is the fact that you're creating a container or a bucket or a net or, you know, a safe home that it doesn't matter how long the journey takes it's that they are on the journey and whenever they're ready, like you said earlier, they cross Mm. that threshold. Then they know what the next escalation path is. And that goes against what half the bullshit we see in our industry, right? It's like get more AOV on the front or, you know, my EPC is this. So you can upsell this and downsell this and then get this. And and I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, just shut Mm. up. Like that's my grandmother. I'm going to let her kick you in the teeth. If you keep talking (laughs) like this, right? Like, there's nowhere in that. And so I have to agree with you that the, the concept of funnel in the way that it's taught, in my opinion, is very broken. Cause it's very transactional. It's very like, hmm. it's very robotic, right? Like it, it's, I, I think some of the people that teach it, if I literally replaced like traffic with their kid's name, I don't think they would teach it the same. Right. Or yeah. if their kids were coming through my quote unquote funnel, right the way that i think about it with the lighthouse is like a funnel is just a cone of light and the the wider mm. the further away you are the wider it is to catch you and then as you get closer and closer we get aligned we have the right values we're working on the same things and then whenever you're ready you kind of tilt in so if you're against the funnel term which i'm i'm all for how do you define it like when you think about launching a product, when you think about a customer journey, like how do you think through that process from your experience and then the customer's experience so we can accomplish the same thing, but we're not talking about it like we're trading humans here on the internet?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, what what we have is a 12-step marketing framework that we use, and that's the circle you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. And I've actually taken the lighthouse in to step one of that, which, um, you know, because I was so... I, I love the metaphor and I love the uh, work you do in that because it's a lot of uh, self-reflection stuff. And I've added some more to that. So so in your lighthouse, you talk about the why, mm-hmm. the business why and the personal why, the what in very high-level terms and, and the how you do it again in very high-level terms. So what I've added into that um, at the base of that is who am I? Mm. And I go through an exercise where we do uh, and this comes from nlp which you know for example i'm a man but i'm so much more than that totally i'm i'm a marketer but i'm so much more than that i'm a scientist but i'm so much more than that i'm a podcaster and you can do this exercise ideally you want somebody else to walk you through it and step you through it because normally we sort of stop at about five or six levels what you wanna do is really exhaust that because then you get really deep into what motivates you, what drives you, and then put that together in a couple of paragraphs describing you because that that will then help you build relationships with other people. And then we do the uh, why, what, and how in, in pretty much the way you teach it. Mm-hmm. And then the second step of our 12-step framework is getting to know who the dream client is. So now we work on, we kind of start off with a customer avatar, but we take it to a whole different level because we work on their uh, beliefs and their values and their motivations and and what are their pain points or their before state and what are their aspirations or what's their after state, particularly in relation to you know one or two key pain points that are things that we perhaps have some skills or some products that, we can help with. Mm. So that's the second step. And then the third step is working on the message. So how can we, how can we get a message that actually communicates with them and starts to build a relationship? And in that, it's really important to understand the um, customers at a deep level, understand the dream customer at a deep level and where you can find them and how you can connect with them. And then at that point, we kind of do things to start conversations. So I've actually Taken a lot of my email sequences and and really pruned them down a little bit, so that very early on I invite people come and have a conversation mm. with me, or I... with with us. And and at that point you can build on the understanding. You can start a genuine relationship. You can find out what what do they really need. Are you a good fit? And you can take it from there. And then the step, the fourth step of the the thing is then, you know, delivering that message, where do you deliver the messages? And you refine that message, of course, from what you've learned from those conversations. And then there's four steps after that, which are kind of the lead nurturing, lead capture and lead nurturing in the traditional funnel, but I'd use those as here's the different customer journeys. So mm-hmm. somebody can somebody will want to come into your world to want to learn. So that's where you Give them free information, and you make it easy for them to find that information and to apply it. But you don't—you're not actually there for them to help them implement it or to hold them accountable yet. Totally. The next one is—is is the relationship one where there is some of that accountability through a group through something that's easily scalable. And then the—the the next one is how do you nurture that relationship? How do you um, continue that? conversation in a way that you know doesn't have that expectation on the back end that Mm -hmm. it's really just you know i'm still here for you if you need something here's some other stuff that we've just done recently that might be helpful those kind of things and then the, the fourth part of that is when they're ready to cross cross the threshold how do you how do you make the sale how do you make it easy for them you know that it's it's just an obvious choice and also it's it's really easy for them to take that next step do you mean it doesn't
1: take them 45 minutes to buy a bottle no, of wine no. that's oh, right got it. yeah and so it's so funny yeah, ideally
2: it's ideally it's one click
1: yeah one click right it's, and for everybody and listening- also
2: the button here's one of my here's one of my pet peeves <laughs> the button shouldn't say submit no no because i don't want to submit to anything
1: <laughs> no no i mean there's i could i could do an entire episode on pet peeves that i see on the internet like i just I'll, I'll probably do that when i'm done with this challenge and i'll drink a bottle of wine and record an entire episode of everything <laughs> that i can't stand when it comes to digital marketing and i'm sure for those of you listening that know me you can see why uh you're gonna see eye to eye on everything we're talking the map of modalities the customer journey and by the way we both created those independently without knowing each other and then we met after we had created them in his wheel of 12 we basically go through the same thing but what i want everybody to catch is that nowhere in there was AOV or LTV or conversion rate of the ROAS to squeeze a credit card out. And what I think is so important, and not a lot of people will say it, but I will say it, What you don't understand is that the people that you admire that are telling you that you're one funnel away and you can get your two comma club with one funnel and blah, 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 do all of this work. But they refuse to teach it because they don't want to play the long game. So they show you what you can have by playing the short game with you. Hmm. You're on the transacting end. And then once they move on to something else, then they'll come teach it to you two years later and it's already missed. But it's been happening the entire time. Like... I just can't stand this whole like, oh, copy this funnel and blah, blah, blah. Like, let's take your Mm -hmm. money, but then not give you the real secret sauce. And like, they do have to do this. You have to know. But what they're learning for all of you listening is they're learning your pain points. They're learning how to agitate them and basically how to create cognitive dissonance in you to where you tilt in. And most of the time, in my opinion, they operate out of scarcity, which is why we end up in the same boat, buying again and again and again, but not buying from want, buying from need. And that's mm. the big distinction. That's the biggest difference. So
2: some of those really successful people, what the if you buy one of their courses, the thing you probably can learn most from is the journey that you've actually gone through. Yep. Write it all down, map it all out, take screenshots of all the various pages that you went on to, you know, the, the thank you page, the upsell page, all the stuff that you actually do until you get the product. And then kind of retro engineer that in terms of you know what did they actually do here and how did that make me feel and what response did that um, did that bring about in me what yeah. how did i respond to that and that's actually so I've bought products where I've done that and I've learned more out of that than the training program that was actually presented to me.
1: I've probably spent $100,000 just funnel hacking courses but I think what's so important to understand is that you're not funnel hacking to copy the funnel. I tell everybody you want to look at what the motivators were and most of the time when I've gone through those things I felt like shit Quite frankly, right? You're like, oh, like you can see the scarcity, and you're like, all right, I'll click it, but like mm. I didn't feel good, right? Like mm. the whole thing about customers and customer journeys, like, I can't imagine one person being like, you know what, I'm stoked today that I'm going to get somebody to pay me money, and then the first thing they're going to feel is like crap before they get yeah. started, right? Like that doesn't go well. And so I think it's really important to understand that the game of marketing is a forever game. It's an infinite game because as Jurgen said, marketing is a relationship, right? Like you it, relationships don't grow in one hour, right? They progress, mm. but they don't bloom. They're not like complete, like good luck getting in a marriage and saying like, Oh, we made it. Yeah. Good luck. Let me know how that one goes right No, You grow <laughs> yeah. every day. You take a step forward and that's what marketing mm. is. That's what, that's what customer journeys are. And I think it's such a prevalent topic idea, but I think it's something that needs to be talked about more And I think one of the biggest pieces that's missing in the game of entrepreneurship is patience. I think that Mm. that's really one of the biggest missing pieces. It's like... I'm all for scarcity when it's ethical, right? I understand that humans make emotional-based decisions, right? But that also doesn't mean that you need to try to, quote-unquote, squeeze out 17 upsells on day one. Like, you might have better luck if you (laughs) help them achieve the goals that they got and promised on day one and course one and then live them the option to get up to number two and then number three and actually escalate up a value ladder because they're progressing. They're not just buying. And I don't know. Mm.
2: Yeah, exactly right. You know, there's, there's so much in that. And that's why, I mean, I talked about the first eight steps of our 12-step framework. The next four steps are actually post-sale. So if somebody's given you their money, and depending on how big an investment they've made with you, there's going to be buyer's remorse immediately. So one of the things that we talk about is, okay, the the next step is actually delivering an outstanding experience. Yep. But that's if they've bought a training program, if they bought a service or if they bought a product that has to deliver on the promise you've made, but there's a whole lot you can do before that. And that's, first of all, um, you know, acknowledge them for making the purchase Yep. point out that I'm still here from you. You've, you've bought from me and you know, there's a product that's going to come out into, into your letterbox at some point. Uh, but, you're still in my world i'm still here for you and you might like to watch for example if it's a product you might like to watch this video right now to understand how this product is going to work and what it will do for you and how to best use it and when they receive the product then help them actually achieve their goal Uh that's that's the the big thing in that step so it's it's still um actually working with them to make sure that whatever it is, product, service, or um, or a training program, that they actually get to their after state, as you put it, so they achieve their goal. And then we talk about how to deliver more value. Now, this is where you get you've earned the right now to do the upsell, because they've had an awesome experience. You've got an ongoing conversation happening. You're learning more about them. Suddenly, you find out that, hey, there's this other problem that they have. We can help you with that as well. So this is where you then offer to deliver more value, and it's kind of like you do. A, whoops, you do a mini, uh, a mini 12-step framework in, inside of that for the next product. And then what we do for the last two steps is first of all the referral thing. So how do you make it really easy for them to go and tell other people how wonderful you are? Mm-hmm. So you don't. Um, it's not just certainly you want to ask them to do that, but you want to make it really easy. So one one of the examples that is another pet peeve of mine, I ask people all the time for to review my podcast. And if you've ever done a, a review of a podcast in Apple Podcasts, it's really difficult. It's a pain in the butt. So by asking by asking people to review on Apple Podcasts, I'm actually making it really hard for them to review and give a positive rating to my podcast. Yet most people want to give a positive rating. So I've got to actually make it easy for them to do that and to give me referrals if it's a product or a service. So we have a whole system of how we do that. And then the final step, the 12th step, there's two kind of things about the 12th step. It's how do we scale? How do we um, get our systems and processes in order that that this is going to work and be sustainable for the long term, particularly in relation to those relationships? And also how do we celebrate this? And how do we celebrate with our customers? So it's it's kind of like this is a big milestone in the journey, but then the journey keeps going. So it might it's sort of like a spiral, it might keep going at a different level. So to me, marketing is pervasive in all business. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I, it's so, I, I like, I love, like, as you're talking my nine step quote unquote model I use for consulting, yeah. like we hit all the same wickets. I just did it at nine instead of 12. I, it makes my heart happy that we got to the same point point. and what you said, and, and I'm going to hone in on this for everybody. Cause you guys have heard me talk about this a few times independently, but I think one of the stupidest things that people do is when somebody spends on any amount of money, the first thing you do is remind them how much they spent while talking about yourself before you deliver what was promised. (laughs) Like, I don't understand in any way, shape or form how that is a smart idea whatsoever.
2: Yeah, go ahead. Or you say, hey, you might want to upgrade to the premium level because that gives you all these other benefits. Oh, yeah, so this, is, remind, this is my favorite one. You remind one. them that what they've bought is actually not going to solve their problem. Yeah,
1: yeah. By the way, you just spent money on something I convinced you to buy, but oh, i just joking. It's not enough. It's not actually yeah. going to get you there. Let me shoot myself in the foot. And I say this all the time. The two most wasted pieces of real estate on the internet Came from this. It's thank you pages and transactional Mm. emails because most people leave them default and then they don't put anything on it. My favorite thing to do, and I'm going to tell you right now, is on that thank you page, I give a gift right away, something that will help you in that moment, even if you have to wait an hour for an email or something to ship in the mail. Like you made a decision, like you made a decision to trust me, to give me your credit card, to give me your email address. And I don't take that lightly. Like, we just agreed to be in a relationship, right? We might not be monogamous yet. You might still be playing the field, but we're, we're in a relationship. And Juergen, you said it. You said, oh, and I remind them that I'm there. And it's sad that we have to say that because what happens most of the time is somebody gives you their credit card. And they're like, game over. And you never hear from them again. Like, you hmm. fall into the black hole with the creepy guy in the van coming to get you next, like handing <laughs> out candy. And it's so, so imperative that like you have to remember as a business, whether you have a product or whether you have a service, your job is not done when the product is bought or the service is bought. That's when your job starts. Your job is complete when you have fulfilled on what you promised, not when they've bought the product, which means if they don't complete it, that's your damn fault, not theirs. Mm. I don't care how you think about it. Build a better container, design a better customer journey. Think through these parts. Of your funnel, think through these parts of your customer journey, because you're going what you what you said is so powerful and I don't want anybody to miss it um, because I haven't covered it like it just in, a, in an episode at length like it requires. But like the way that I think about it and like use a restaurant analogy, but a dating analogy, the moment you get the credit card, that was just basically, hey, I will agree to go steady with you. Right. Like it's just you and I now, but you still have to date. You have to court. You have to propose. You got to get her to trust you. Then once she trusts you, you got to let her know that it's safe, that you're going to take care of her. Like that's what happens in a customer journey. And it's really imperative that you think through that. And, and the way that you describe it, I think is absolutely phenomenal that, you know, you said the first part, which is you make it about them some NLP and psychology in there. But yes, always make it about them. Congratulate them. Let them know that they took the hardest step, that that the work is now, it's easy. They have support. They're on a team. They're in a family. And then you start walking them through the process. And so, yeah, kudos, man. I just think it's... I don't think it's talked about enough and I love that we're talking about it because, you know, these are the things that unfortunately 1% of us scream and get and people are screaming for. But yet the other guys are still getting, you know, attention and buying more traffic. And then they all come like, I can't believe I spent $80,000 of courses from them and I've never even heard from them. They don't even know my name. Like I didn't even open one of the courses. I was like, well, you probably Mm -hmm. got 60 grand in one funnel and they convinced you that you needed all of it. You probably gave them like your first born on top of it you know, and then they disappeared, closed the company. They don't even exist anymore. I don't know.
2: It it drives me nuts. Yeah. And then there's all the marketing automation, which is, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's wonderful. It's, there's so much we can do because in that step 12, where we look at our systems, that is one thing to get, you know, if you get that right, that means you can scale much more effectively. But most people just go to the defaults as you said so you know i i had one recently where i'd uh, signed up for a program and i kept getting a daily email from them saying you know um sign up for my here's program why you should here's why you should sign up for this program here's all the benefits i, I stopped <laughs> cluttering my inbox uh, i've signed up <laughs> i can't
1: i can't it happens it happens to me and it, it's i don't know i'm yawning it's so boring when they do that like it <laughs> It's like, and and listen, for everybody thinking like, oh, I don't know tech, that is the easiest thing ever. Like if somebody buys, you don't send them anything else except for what they bought. Like, it's so powerful. And like your step 12 is automate. My step nine is you have to earn the right to automate. That's my last step, right? You have to go through it, button it up, get the journey tight, and then earn the right to automate. Oh man. Yeah, like and and I think that's an important thing to talk about too, Jurgen, because we talk about marketing the same way you talk about putting the human back in marketing. I talk about relationships beating algorithms. And I think there's this misnomer that means like you have to do everything yourself. You have to like be mm. omnipresent and I'm like, "No, no, no. Automations are good. There are yep. things that you can automate. You can use chatbots. You can use email automation, the difference is, is that you're open about it, right? Like I love using chatbots. I'm like, Hey guys, this is robot George. Let me know when you get through it and I'll pop Mm. it in the end. Right. And so where do you think, or how do you see like automations playing into successful marketing with heart centered approach? Like how do you use them? How do you approach them? You know, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think, um, what you touched on there using the chatbot, but then it, Injecting your personality into that—that's a great example of making it human. And then um, the the danger I see in the chatbots. I mean, there's there's services, and I've had this experience a couple of times in the last week, where I've signed up to try out a new service. I've, um, you know, typical. I've struggled to make progress and achieve what I wanted to achieve. I've gone to the chatbot to ask for help most of the time i don't get them live because of the time zone difference yep. so i've asked a question then it comes up with three suggestions out of their help system which bear no relation to what i actually asked and then i've got to leave my email address and and then i have to wait until i get an email which usually then is the next day because of that time zone difference so then i'm you know that first experience and first touch point with that service or product is bad yeah so i'm kind of already saying I'm I'm already disappointed. Um that what I've what I've started doing with those chatbots so I've got on my website now there's a service called um video ask. I love that service. Type and, type yeah, form made it. And I've um put that on instead of a chat form and what that is is a short video of me saying, "Yeah, you know, welcome to my world. Um I've got a question for you. What do you've I can't remember exactly what I say, but it's sort of along the lines of what, what what brought you here and what can I help you with today? Or what, what are your challenges that maybe you're looking to solve Mm -hmm. that you came here for? And then there's the option in that to reply by video, reply by audio or reply by a text message. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a really smart way, I think, of of using the chatbot. I mean, that is automated. I've done the video. It sort of pops up by itself. It's coded into the website. But it makes it really easy for people to actually type something in And even give me a video and that will then start a conversation.
1: Yeah, I love it. I think um, I just saw everybody wondering, uh, it's called uh, Video Ask. So the amazing people at Typeform who makes like some of the best survey software, that's what I use for surveys and questionnaires. They made this platform called Video Ask and uh, it is extremely powerful and extremely Mm. low priced for what it does and how it uses. I mean, you can use it in FAQ sections. It has conditional based logic in it. You can break down video questions and then people respond and they go through like a survey, but with videos, it's, it's really mind blowing when you think about it. But I think what's what you said, and this is for everybody listening. When you think about automation, when you think about utilizing these tools, it's just important to infuse your personality or human into the tool that you're using, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Nobody's going to be upset that like you're not sitting at the computer 24-7 waiting to respond on video. Like Nobody's mad about that. Most of the time, you would prefer a faster response than waiting. And so what you can utilize is these things that give context and give personality and help you personalize things for people, which then helps get you better information to better serve them with what they would be looking for and what they need. And by the way, if you run a software company... And you don't know that your customers live across the world, you need a twenty four seven help desk, and I don't care. I don't want any fucking <laughs> excuses. Or you use like intercom, and every time a chat comes in, there's one employee or two employees that are assigned to monitor their Slack at night, they get paid overtime, or they work the night shift, and they respond. I I'm the same or way. They, or
2: they work in different time zones. I'd like, I like I literally
1: <laughs> I don't get it. Like I I what I find mind blowing is these companies that literally like, we're here to support you, run your whole business on our platform and our customer service hours are nine to five Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and a lot of them, what's nuts is they started with 24 seven, which was smart. They got everybody. Then they went to nine to five and I, and I get like overhead. But when you have people processing a hundred million dollars a week through your platform, like um, by the way, people launch funnels and products on the weekend. They do webinars mm-hmm. on the weekend and you're not even open. This was one of, here's, this is what like, shot infusion soft in the foot like six years ago mm. and now i'm watching all these new SaaS platforms follow the same suit and i'm like just get ready just get ready because mm. your only usp now has to be like we'll support you 24 7 and it's coming oh i don't know you're gonna i think yeah. we should have we're, we're gonna have to do another podcast and all the pet
2: peeves yeah. That's certainly one of the the systems and processes aspects that I, um, you know, that we work on in, in that step 12. It's, you know, how can you, how can you support customers around the clock? And it's as simple as having, um, you know, a team of people that live in different time zones. So they can work nine to five, but they hand off when, when they, um, they get to five o'clock or it's the end of their working day, they hand off to the next time zone and you have systems in, in place that they know exactly how to answer all the questions. They live your values so that when they're interacting with customers, they're actually interacting the same way you would interact so customers feel that they're having a consistent experience with that brand. So all of those things yeah. But coming back to automation, I mean, you said something there about um, video ask where you can have sequences and so on. I think one of the things that I like to do before I get into automation is actually map out the process mm-hmm. and map it out from the end. So I say, well, what what's the outcome that I want and how do I get there? So where am I now? Map out each step and then map out the different um, branch points or, or decision spots and that's where then with the automation, you know, some of these, whether it's an email sequence or whether it's video ask or even in the chatbot, some of them allow you to do this. Um, so you have decision points depending on the response of the person, whether they click on one link in the email, then they get a sequence of different emails or whether they've actually bought that product, then they instead of getting... The sequence that's still selling that product. They get the sequence that says, here's how to use that product. Here's the best way to to get a result from this product. Uh, so I like to do do that. And that, that allows me to visualize that. And then I can build it into whatever automation platform that I'm using.
1: Yeah. I find that most of the tech challenges, quote unquote, that people have is just from not planning it out. My favorite thing is I just grab a stack of stickies and I write <laughs> every step that I want to happen on sticky. So when I'm designing like a 90 day email sequence, I normally have 90 stickies. I'm like, okay, what's, and I just put topics on them, right? Like I want to hit this topic and then I want this to feed this topic and then I can just reorder them before I have it. And then Hmm. I'm like, Hey, this is what I want it to look like. And then the how guys like, Oh yeah, it'll take me 20 minutes and it'll be done. Right? Like, I think when you really nail, you know, the why and the what, the how will always figure itself out. And when anything with a customer journey You have to think through like not only what's going to happen today, they're going to come in, they're going to buy from you, they're going to give you their email, but what's going to happen tomorrow, a week from now, two weeks from now, four weeks from now. And you might not have to have it all planned for, but you have to account for it. You have to know it's coming because I'm going to tell you right now, the biggest mistake that you can make in business and marketing is have somebody come in and trust you and then go radio silent on them. That is not something that you want to be doing. And so I love that logic of kind of building that out and, and mapping that out. And so I feel like we can talk about every step of both of our models and go deep into it, but I want to, I want to give everybody something juicy from you. So, What is like one strategy or tactic or thing you're doing? And I know you talked about video ask, but I want another one Mm. that you're doing right now, like in your business that fills you up, makes you happy, makes your heart happy and has had like positive results in your business, something you're trying, something you're working on. Like, I would just love to hear something current that you're doing.
2: All right. Well, um, one thing, and this is very early days. At this stage, but we've got um, our podcast that's been running for over six years now. Wow. Um, about episode three hundred and forty something, so there's well over three hundred conversations that I've had with awesome people like yourself, and uh, that always inspires me. Every time I come off that a conversation like this one, for example, I'm inspired and I I'm excited, and um, I. Th- and I get the privilege to speak to these people all across the world, but also then to share that with my audience. And I think, well, I then do some things to further that relationship. So to me, that that's a whole marketing exercise in itself. So just because somebody's come on my show as a guest, it doesn't mean that that's the end of it and I say goodbye. It's like I'd like to continue that relationship and, and a conversation with them. But I'm, I'm wondering how can I make that person more accessible to my audience? So I'm playing with some ideas there of building a community of people that it's kind of like a masterclass, but masterclass isn't really the right right term, of um, where you know my guests could come on and add value in conversations to a broader community. And of course that exposes them to a new audience, hopefully. And might lead to some relationships there, but it certainly will add value to my community. So that that's something that I'm really excited by. I've got some ideas how to do that. I've been doing lots of drawings and post-it notes on the wall and whiteboard stuff, um, but it's early days yet, as I say. I love it. No, I love it.
1: I think it's such a good idea. Like you, you've you've extracted so much knowledge. And value in relationships and having a place to bring everybody together to extract what they want and then add value. I, th- I love it. Like building a community around the podcast who's been on it, the listeners, I, I think it's an amazing idea. And so if, as you think about now, like what we talked about, we, we both believe in human based marketing, customer journeys, adding value, playing the reciprocity game for the right reasons. It's not reciprocity if you're agendized, by the way, just to be really fucking yeah, yeah. clear. Um We're playing it now. So for everybody listening, what do you think is like one thing that they could do today, like in their marketing, in their business, in their customer journey, like no matter what, like go focus on, put it into practice, try it, think about a question to ask that would positively benefit everybody.
2: Go talk to your customers. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, Bow down. Mic drop. have Have a meaningful conversation. So particularly in this day and age where, you know, everybody's impacted by COVID in some way. Um, businesses are impacted because we can't meet in person in, in most parts of the world. So, you know, connect with them because you can use online tools like we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Easy to connect with them, or there is a thing called the phone. Um, <laughs> connect with them there. Uh, get on video if you can. Yep. And just find out, you know, what are their challenges right now? What, what are they stuck with right now? Have a conversation around, what you're stuck with as well, and what you're doing to, like for example, I've got clients that their whole business is, was, based on in-person workshops and in-person meetings, and of course, once we got to lockdown, their cash flow dried up instantly. So that's their immediate problem: is how can I generate some cash flow with my expertise, knowing that I can't do what I have been doing in the past. And that's impacted on me because I've said to them, well, you know, stop paying me because that's going to help your cash flow a little bit right now, but I'm still here for you. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my challenges. You know, how do I manage my cash flow going through that? So share that with your clients and share um, what you're doing for the problems you're having mm-hmm. and then have that meaningful conversation. You'll learn so much. Yeah. I, that.
1: That's the best one. That's the best one. I do this. Uh, one of my favorite things, like Instagram, every time I get a new follower, I literally DM them a video of me, like right off. I'm like, oh my God, thank you for following me. Nice to meet you. And they're like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then there was one, there was one, cause I, 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 do all my own outreach. I love it. And this was hilarious. Like a week ago, you'll appreciate this. I sent a message. I was like, Oh my God, thanks for adding me. I checked out your profile. That food looked amazing. Let me know about your business and how I can support. And she's like, man, this is a really good bot, but I know this isn't you. And so then, <laughs> <laughs> then I opened my phone. I recorded a video of my middle finger in the air and I was like, this middle finger means nothing but love, but I am not a robot. This is really me. And then she's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm just, I got so many bots. <laughs> oh, that's such a good, that's such a good one. And I absolutely love that. And you know, I think the the ending thought for me based on what you said is that people don't buy products, they buy relationships, right? They buy Mm -hmm. from the best relationship and being a human is what creates the best relationship. When you are a human and when you approach your customers, you get on the call with your customers, when you share your thoughts, your struggles, and they share theirs, that creates an authentic human connection that is greater than any Mm -hmm. funnel, any marketing ad, any strategy, any tactic, because that is like, that's like super glue. Like that doesn't go away, yeah. right? That's firing exactly. on neural pathways and of the tribalness of our human body.
2: Yeah. And going back to my wine story. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the re- there was a relationship built up through our experience of being there. Mm-hmm. And that got me through that that painful process of buying online because <laughs> there was that relationship. I thought, okay, these guys are worth it. I know, you know, the, yep. the emotional connection, of course, for me to the wine and to my son, so I went through that process and I'm prepared to forgive something. So, if, you know, we all make mistakes totally. and customers will be prepared to forgive some of those mistakes, provided you own up to them and say, I'll fix that. Um, but they will be prepared to forgive that if there's that relationship there that you've built.
1: Totally. Yeah. The, the one thing we say is you can only ever innovate on product experience or customer experience, right? And uh, mm-hmm. like Apple's a good example because they make it a pain in the ass, to buy anything new that's coming out, but yet we all still do it. They sell out pre-orders. We have to buy it a month in advance, wait in lines, pick it up. And so, you know, it's just really important. And and to this winery, uh, because I'm going to find you and send you this interview and I'll I'll send you a free (laughs) hour of time as well. Like, Thanks for having such amazing customer experiences. And, and I think, Jürgen too, the, the one thing with that is I used to take feedback like this personal, but then I realized that's a gift, right? Because like mm. you having that experience as a customer and sharing it gives them a tool to make it better and make it better and make it better. And I think that that's the game of business and marketing. I don't remember your full sentence. I'll have you share it when we close again of like your distinction of, of marketing. Um, But really, the more that we get this feedback as business owners, as entrepreneurs, the more that we post into the world and get slapped in the face, get no responses, get lots of responses, the more we edit our craft, we grow, we learn, we iterate so that we can continue to grow on this journey for ourselves and for our customers. And so it's a lesson that took me a while to learn, but I think it's a really, really good one. And so thanks for sharing all that feedback as well. Yeah. And so what was your what was your uh, (laughs) what was your distillation in
2: your zone of genius the other day? So marketing is the art and science of creating and sustaining exceptional customer experiences and relationships.
1: I love it. I love it. I I want it on a bumper sticker because I won't ever remember (laughs) that. I've been hitting the head too many times, but I love that. Uh, That's the science brain in you, which makes me happy. And just so everybody knows, and Juergen yourself, I feel like I talked a lot this episode, but I get really fucking excited talking to you about marketing. So... (laughs) For everybody, if I went on long tangents and diatribes, it's because I'm like an excited little puppy dog when somebody else speaks marketing the way that I do. Like, I just want to go, 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 go. And there's probably going to be episodes two, three, four, five, and six because I want to unpack like eight of these ideas with Jürgen. So, uh, Jürgen, thanks for um, being as excited and patient with me at the same time and coming on the show today.
2: <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. And I've really enjoyed this conversation. And, and thanks for all that you do, too. Yeah, there's, of course. There's, there's, you know, you're showing up now with that genuine uh, giving mindset without any expectation in return through the podcast through you know your videos through the free training that you have online through your facebook communities and and of course if for those that are in in the training programs and i'm sure in your mastermind is the same uh, that there's just so much value there so keep doing what you're doing and uh, I appreciate yeah, it, man. This has been fun.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. And for everybody that's still made it to this far, just remember to go find Juergen. Um, The website is InnovaBuzz.com, I-N-N-O-V-A-B-U-Z-Z. And the podcast is InnovaBiz. Got it? No, the other way around. Other, ah! <laughs> okay, so what's the podcast name? The
2: podcast is
1: InnovaBuzz.com. Okay.
2: Anova Buzz. The business is Anova Biz. Got and it. And you need.com.au for that one. I'm just going to be dyslexic
1: in my tiredness today. So <laughs> you got to, hey, listen, you can't go wrong either way. Go find one of them Anova Biz, Anova Buzz. Yep. Find them all, search them both. Go check out Jürgen. Send him a message of love. Jürgen, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for coming on and sharing all your wisdom with the world.
2: Thanks, George. It was a privilege to speak with you.
1: Yeah, man, of course. So guys, remember, this is another episode of The Mind of George Show. I'm sure there's an outro coming if I go record one, but if not, because I might forget. Remember that relationships will always beat algorithms, and I will see you guys in the next show.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. And like I said in the beginning,
1: and probably a ton of times throughout, make sure you subscribe to the show if you want to hear more. Now, leave a review. If you like me, actually, don't leave a review if you like me. Just leave a review if you feel so inclined. But I'm going to ask you because it helps other people find this. And I'm going to give you a little marketing lesson in the outro of this anyways. Go to mindofgeorge.com so you can get into our crazy family and also get a free gift my team and I made for you. Now, here's the thing. There's only four types of customer journeys, and I'm sending you to one page to cover all of it. But our job is to give you everything that you need to succeed as an entrepreneur. See, what I want is I want you to be in our family. I want to be in a relationship with you, and I want you to have a win before I ever get a win. And so on that page, you'll see some of the best stuff that we have. Our top podcast episodes, our free courses we put together, our free content. And there's one in particular that I'm super proud of. We put together a free 30-day transformational marketing course. Literally just need your email so you can get in and get into the membership site. We talk about the two most important documents in your business, your lighthouse and your avatar sheet, which we now call the beacon of beliefs in your captain's assessment. We teach you about the conscious and subconscious customer journey, how to have congruency in your marketing, the psychology of email marketing, Marketing, the six email sequences that your business needs to have right now to win, the two most wasted pieces of real estate and digital marketing that you can fix right now, my special five-part email recipe, and how to reframe your card abandonment strategy so you don't insult people's intelligence anymore. Plus, whatever else I can come up with on a certain level of crazy. Because my mission is to teach you that relationships will always beat algorithms, and I'm ready to be on your team. I'm ready to be in your corner, and it's time for you to win a gold medal. So make sure you go to mindofgeorge.com, and we'll see you in the next episode. I love you all. Bye.